He's back. Hello, Mike. Hi. Hi. <laughs> How's it going over there? It's going okay. Did I disappear or something? Yeah, you you froze and then your camera reloaded and now you're back. Oh, terrific. Yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> awesome. Like Cybergradia, oh, we're about to start the show. We talk about stuff and things. Lots of guests in depth interviewing. Like Cybergradia, oh, oh, it's nobody's favorite show. Movies, comics, video games, and TV. And we also can guarantee that it's not gonna be that funny. Welcome back to Mike Cyber Radio. I am your host. I hope you are having a happy and healthy holiday season. On this episode of the podcast, I'm going to share excerpts of my appearance on World's Fundraiser uh, live stream for Extra Life. Um, so going back in time a bit, back on November 4th, um, and I guess actually into November 5th as well, um, and with the time change as well. Um, but anyway, a, a friend of the show, Whirl, once in future guest, uh, who I'm part of the organization team for Cybefest Northwest with. Anyway, they hosted a charity fundraising live stream for Extra Life. If you don't know what Extra Life is, it's basically it's a fundraising program of Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. The Extra Life community fundraises year-round to change kids' health to change the future. Donations go to local member hospitals to fund critical life-saving treatments and healthcare services along with innovative research, vital pediatric medical equipment, and child life services. Since its inception in 2008, Extra Life has raised over $110 million to change kids' health to change the future. So basically what it is is, is uh, folks play video games and chat to raise money for Children's Hospital. It's uh, it's very, very cool, and it's something that um, I was glad to support my friends doing. Um, Whirl obviously has been on the podcast a few times and and had mentioned they were doing Extra Life anytime they were on, and I thought it would be fun to do a follow-up here since some of that conversation kind of came uh, from right here in Mike Cyber Radio. So basically what I did was I jumped on the live stream in the middle of the night. I think I logged on at like 10 or 11. Uh, basically, my thinking was is when folks are in the middle of a 25-hour marathon live stream, uh, you know, you start to fade, you start to get dippy, you start to get a little rummy. Um, so I thought it would be fun to try to keep World Company and awake uh, so that they could kind of get a second wind as they, you know, kind of push into uh, the next phase of the Extra Life live stream. Um, but what I did not know was how much fun we were going to have just hanging out, um, uh, especially when other members of uh, World's Team Paleons squad uh, joined the chat as well. Uh, but I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. Uh, uh, the the other members of the team will come into play later. Um, but um, I want to let you know right here before I start playing clips, I want to let you know that even though that live stream is long since over, I mean, again, this was back on November 4th, November 5th, um, but even so, you can still donate to Extra Life through the end of this year. I'm going to have a link in the show notes to the World eBird page where you can watch the entire 24-hour live stream video. I think it's uh, broken into four, maybe five different videos. Um, and basically that way you can kind of experience it as it originally streamed live while they're playing uh, the game Palea. Um, and responding to chats and collecting donations. And then, yeah, kind of like in the in the overnight section of it is when uh, um, when I decide to to show up and hang out. But but more importantly than that, that is the hub where you can donate to Team Paleons directly uh, through Extra Life. And again, I will have that link in the show notes 
uh, for you to click through. Um, so let's get into it then. Um, in this first set of clips, I've I've kind of done some editing and tightening, uh, but I uh, I start off my appearance in classic Mike Seibert fashion uh, with my internet uh, not working so well. I think what ended up happening is uh, I was having bandwidth problems in the middle of the night. Um, plus, uh, my laptop was doing too many things. I think I had too many tabs open. Um, so there is some stuff in the audio that you'll hear where we kind of refer to my bandwidth and things kind of um, uh, dipping a little bit. So so I kind of snipped uh, some of that legislation. Um, but shortly after that, once I figure out how to operate my web camera and whatnot, um, I kind of get my footing underneath me, and then we we talk about the 400th episode of Mike Seibert Radio, so we do make a few references to that. So if you've not listened to MSRP 400, you might want to check that out before getting into that because we, we do make some references uh, to that episode, which is actually where the idea for me to join the live stream for Extra Life came in uh, to begin with because basically we were talking about it. And I, I think like a light bulb went off on my head. I was like, wait a second. Um, well, yeah, I could I could just join on and hang out. And that's actually what we did. Uh, but after that, that section, uh, we got some really cool questions from folks just hanging out in the, the chat, the text chat. And um, I thought some of my responses were apparently insightful enough uh, to be included here. And we round out the uh, conversation with a lot of uh, Transformers fandom uh, conversations. And, you know, we, we trade some war stories uh, from TFCons in the past. And like I said, th this was a conversation that we had back in November. So it is a little time capsule-y, um, uh, kind of a little bit of a time capsule, uh, especially when we're referring to uh, TFCon LA. But you can uh, um, listen to... All of that uh, for yourself coming up right now on Mike Cyber Radio. All right. I can be Mike again if I need to. Joe says we love Mike. Thank you. I, Mike, also love... I, I also love you. I love you too, Joe. This is hilarious and tragic. It's okay. Oh, Mike. Now, Okay, so now you know how I felt during your 400th anniversary stream. Yes. <laughs> Um, do you want to turn your webcam off? That might make it a little bit. Yeah, let me try that. Oh, yeah, because I'm not actually using the, the webcam for anything. So, yeah, let me just, uh, let me just turn off the camera. 400, uh, yes. Mike, uh, is 400 years old. No. Uh, so Mike has a, I'm going to move my camera over here. There we go. Um. Yeah, why don't we just do that? I'll just be the ghost of the iconic moment over here. Woo! <laughs> Or something. Um, right. But yeah, do you want to answer that question about your 400th anniversary? Oh, sure. Yeah, no, uh, I've been doing podcasting for about eight years now. And not too long ago, I, I celebrated 400 episodes. And one of my favorite things to do is live streams, which is part of the reason why I was excited for the opportunity to jump on here. But no, I... I like doing uh, live stream late night chats, and uh, for my 400th episode, it was it was a right banger. We had a had a half dozen of our friends together, and it got um it got real buck wild at uh at times. It was uh it was a ton of fun. I did uh that's been some of my listening uh during the longer drives. I've been working my way through that episode. Um, and ah, nice. The the ghost of the iconic moments appearance was even funnier the second time around. It was. <laughs> it I, really was. I was I was wheezing as much as I thought I was during that because <laughs> I, I did have to mute my mic because of the noises I was making during that the the song that was yeah very good. <laughs> Did I ever post the lyrics to that? Because they the the ghost actually sent me the actual lyrics of the <laughs> of the Mike Seibert radio song, and and uh, I don't I don't know if I've actually posted and shared those. If I haven't, I probably should. If you did, I I've missed them, but I've not seen them yet. 
Uh, well, that's, Joe, a, that's a good reminder. I should do that again. So Joe actually has a question for you. Uh, what does Mike oh, sure. think about the introduction of G.I. Joe into the new movies? I think it's fine. I, uh, I, I've been a supporter of Transformers and G.I. Joe being kind of, um, if not sibling brands, at least cousin brands. I'm cool with G.I. Joe and Transformers being in the same universe together. I don't think that they need to be in a state of constant crossover. I don't think they necessarily need each other to survive, but I think the universe can be large enough to where, um, like for example, let me give you an example. Like, like anytime the military shows up in transformers, my brain automatically goes to, well, this should just be GI Joe. Like in the live action movies, like why isn't, Annie Lennox and and uh, and Tyrese and all those other uh, knuckleheads. Why why aren't they just GI Joe? You know why why isn't John Cena part of GI Joe? You know you know that kind of thing. So it's like it it it's it's always kind of made sense uh, for me. So I I guess with uh, the uh, uh, massive spoilers for for uh, a movie that came out earlier this year that I don't think enough people saw. Um, I I think with that particular introduction of GI Joe into the Transformers universe, I think this particular iteration it's a long time coming. Like um, GI Joe in live action, they they can't do nothing right. Uh, they can't seem to get anything going on that side. And I, I remember I was at a, a TFCon one time, and I think uh, Rick Alvarez was uh, uh, talking about that um, G.I. Joe had uh, the, the G.I. Joe brand team for Hasbro had wanted to be a part of Transformers for, for a while. And the Transformers team was kind of resistant to it because they felt that they, quote unquote, didn't need them. And I think that's kind of true. Um, I I think that Transformers is the stronger brand and the stronger IP and certainly has more universal appeal because at the end of the day, G.I. Joe is kind of like a baby war brand Um, at, at a time when war isn't necessarily always fashionable or timely or maybe even appropriate. But for me, G.I. Joe has always kind of felt like a step to the side of Marvel superheroes. You know, it's like, you know, the what we know mostly of the tropes of G.I. Joe, you know, like Cobra and Snake Eyes and all the ninjas and all that stuff. That all comes from Larry Hama and Larry Hama was a Marvel Comics guy. So the original pitch for G.I. Joe was meant to be like a like a like a Nick Fury Agents of Shield type of thing. And so it's always kind of had a root in comic book sensibility. And if you look at the cast of G.I. Joe, they're just as colorful as the cast of Transformers. And, you know, with you know wacky personalities and and so I rather than looking at it as more hardcore military, um, I always look at it as just kind of like superhero hijinks, you know, look, look at the Sunbow cartoon from the 80s. You know that that ran in parallel with Transformers. You know everybody's shooting red and blue lasers at each other. Nobody actually gets hurt, and those uh a lot of those episodes are actually really quite silly. So I I think for me, m- kind of my favorite iterations of GI Joe is where it leans more into the silly and less into the gritty. Um, but I think there is some. Uh, connective tissue that I think can kind of uh, link G.I. Joe and Transformers together in a way that kind of makes sense in a live action movie. You know, um, a Transformers live action franchise cannot function without human characters. That that's That's one of my weirdest Transformers hot takes is I like humans. And I think 
having humans in a Transformers storyline is essential, especially in live action, because it conveys the sense of scale. I know there's a large vocal sect of the fandom, um, a lot of folks who look like me that say like, well, they want the uh, prologue of the Bumblebee movie as a two and a half hour movie, which for me sounds exhausting absolutely exhausting i don't even know if i i don't even know if i want that i i don't know if i would have patience for it but the thing that once you spend time in space with just the transformers you lose the sense of scale you lose perspective that these are giant robots that are um you know, in disguise as everyday vehicles and objects and things like that. You know, I've I, I've said this in many, 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 many of my own podcasts, but like, um, while I'm not the biggest fan of the Michael Bay live action movies, it does, I feel, capture the sense of scale and awe that you're supposed to feel when you're around the Transformers. Like, there, there's a reason why one of the most iconic moments is when Optimus Prime pulls up in front of uh, Sam and Michaela and transforms and reveals himself and, you know, says, my name is Optimus Prime. And you feel that sense of scope and scale because this is a full-size truck that is now unfolded into a humongous robot. And I feel like if it's just humongous robots around other humongous robots, you lose that sense of awe. And I think... um you know, again, I'm veering way beyond the 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 scope of the question, but I I think that's one of the things that was kind of missing from Rise of the Beast a little bit. It's like, you know, um, Noah because of kind of how his character is, he's kind of a kind of a cool cat and really kind of nonplussed when, uh, you know, Mirage reveals himself. It's it's kind of not a big deal. And even when Optimus Prime comes trumping and stumping into the, this warehouse saying, you brought one of these dirty humans in here, ew, gross. You know, it, it doesn't, it still doesn't have that um, awe that I think human characters are supposed to have with regards to interacting uh, with Transformers. Um, you know, say what you will about the acting of those military guys in those first couple movies, but like... You you get the feeling from uh, uh, Josh Dumel as uh, as my favorite military guy, Annie Lennox, not his real name, but uh, go listen to More Than Meets the Pod uh, for that. But anyway, um, no, um, th there, there's there's that sense of scale, and I like the idea if you make the the human military people characters that you actually care about as they're interacting with uh, uh with the Autobots and the Decepticons I think that's a really good way to go and if you incorporate GI Joe in there well they're already established characters so you don't have to uh create new characters whole cloth so a very 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 long way of saying I uh I I am in support of uh GI Joe joining the the uh, Hasbro Cinematic Universe and joining the world of the live-action Transformers. Fantastic. Uh, I'll leave it there for now. <laughs> Joe said, great answer. Appreciate the nuance. Um, he also says, G.I. Joe was my nickname in high school. Uh, oh, nice. Which is a frequent joke that he makes of X was my nickname in high school, but this one I will take. I imagine that you've probably gotten G.I. Joe a handful of times, Joe. Um Apollo in chat says, what do you think of issue one of the new Transformers comic and the whole idea of the Energon universe? I did not tell them to ask you questions. It just happens naturally around you. I love it. That I mean, th this is what we're here for. You know, I mean, there's a reason why I've been like, you know, uh, uh, bombing my spamming my socials with like, hey, man, I'm going to jump on with World to kind of, you know, uh, cure the late. Oh, he died again. Night dip and let, let folks have a nap and stuff like that. So, yeah, you know, I oh no. Am, have I you're left here. again? You're here. Have I returned? Oh, good. Oh, <laughs> thank the maker. Um, <laughs> yeah, may, maybe maybe I should work on uh, brevity then, just to, just in case <laughs> my my internet decides to crap out. I would I, never I have ask that of you. 
<laughs> um, let's see. Okay, so uh, Transformers number one. Um, I have not read it. I have not had the opportunity to check it out yet. Um, and I would imagine that my thoughts on the Energon universe are very similar to that whole screed that I just talked about with regards to G.I. Joe. Now, I do think that I, I, I'm a little puzzled by the move of uh, between Skybound Image Comics and Hasbro to kind of Trojan Horse. Uh, Transformers in this new series called Void Rivals. Basically, like it was a, it, it was billed as a exciting new comic series from writer uh, Robert Kirkman, the uh, creator of The Walking Dead and Invincible and a bunch of other cool stuff. Um, and with the wink and the nod to retailers, like I can't tell you what's going to happen in this issue, but. Um, uh, if uh, if you or anybody you know is fans of Transformers, you might want to order heavy on this issue. Trust me on this. I can't tell you. I can't tell you. But um, I'm pretty sure there's going to be Transformers in this comic. So you might want to order some extras. Um, and, and sure enough, uh, spoiler alert for uh, the end of Void Rivals number one, which predates Transformers number one, uh, Skyfire shows up as basically like like a, a post credit thing and basically it's these these two people that are stuck on this moon together and they're they're beaten up on each other having the the titular void rival and then um and then a uh, uh, skyfire just uh, emerges and say like I'm leaving now and then he leaves a end of issue <laughs> and it's like and it with a big title page that says you know energon universe and it's like well, I mean, if that that's the way to reintroduce Transformers, that's fine. Shrug, I guess. So just in the background um, of other people's fights, I think is what needs to be. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I, you know, I, I, I haven't picked up the first issue yet. I'm sure I will at some point, but I, 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 I've been having trouble articulating why I'm not super interested. Um, I, I think some of it has to do with it being a little too soon um, since the end of the IDW era. Like I, as, as weird as it sounds, I think there still needs to be a little more space before something can quote unquote return. Like when, um, when the Transformers Dreamwave comics picked up, it had, it had been years since we had Transformers comics. And um, granted, there there wasn't that much of a gap between the implosion of Dreamwave and the and IDW getting the license, but still, there was a little bit of time to where it's like, hey, Transformers are back. Now with this, with the Skybound stuff, it's like, yay, Transformers are back, and I feel like the marketing is pushing it like, well, hey man, you haven't been reading Transformers comics since since 1990. Transformers are back, and it's like, yeah, dude, I just I just had Transformers last year. <laughs> you know, it's like it, it doesn't. I, I I don't I don't necessarily have that depth of thirst that that needs to be quenched. And, um, you know, from, from what I understand, the first issue is, is fine and good. A lot of people, um, are really digging on the dynamic action that, uh, artist writer, uh, uh, Daniel Warren Johnson. I keep wanting to call this guy Derek J. Wyatt, but that is uh, that. That's what happens when you have three names, I guess. But because um, I've made that mistake twice on uh, Two Mike's Too Furious. Um, uh, but anyway, like his his pedigree is drawing um, action packed, like uh, uh, wrestling comics and like big, big bold fight scenes. So like when you know, uh, Optimus does like this suplex move on Starscream. Um, you know, it's like, a, I, I know a lot of people kind of, uh, went nuts for that, for that panel, but, um, yeah, I'm just like, yeah, th that's what this guy does. And I think it's rad. I, I think it is a cool, uh, new take. Um, I don't know what I'm looking for in a Transformers comic anymore because the, it, it kind of feels 
direction from some of the more cerebral intellectual um stuff that we had gotten from the latter days of idw1 and to a little bit of an extent um idw2 i think i think my issues with idw2 is that they just had too damn much plot and had so much going on it never really got anywhere um whereas i i think the action-packed pace of this is more just like you know what let's go we're just going to have a small cast of robots fighting each other and and it with an emphasis on dynamic action more so than character development which is cool for folks that that like that um i'm hoping that more stuff comes down the pike that might be a little more of interest to me um i to loop it back around to the uh, question Joe asked earlier about G.I. Joe, I, I will be very interested to see what the G.I. Joe series are, because the two parallel series that are launching in the Energon universe are a, a Duke solo series, who's basically kind of like the, the first sergeant. Uh, leader commander he's the optimus prime of of gi joe for lack of better word um so he has a his own solo series and then you have uh cobra commander the leader of the bad guys uh who will also have his own solo series but there isn't a mainline gi joe comic that takes place in the energon universe which i think is an odd choice to start um, something about the the Cobra Commander series, though, that kind of has uh, has my interest, and this is obviously relevant to uh, my my recent watching of uh, Transformers Animated. I think basically they're grafting the Isaac Sumdak origin story onto Cobra Commander, because basically from what I've seen from the plot synopsis is Cobra Commander reverse engineers uh, Transformers technology to build Cobra, which I'm just like, wait a dang minute. Um, I don't know how I'm going to feel if we get a couple issues into this and we reveal that like, because like Megatron isn't a thing in the new Transformers series yet. He hasn't shown up and there's this whole mystery. Where's Megatron to the point where like Starscream has like a fit about it. And, you know, it's like, don't even say that name. You know, it, it, he gets, he gets, um he gets real Ben Affleck about it. He's like, Megatron, why would you say that name? Martha, Martha. Uh, he gets real Martha about it. Um, but anyway, I, I just I, I I'm I'm just going to throw up in my lunch if I find if you see in this Cobra Commander series that he's got Megatron's head in a lab somewhere. <laughs> because that's that is the, I mean, it's a cool trope, but uh they kind of did that already. And to incorporate a a stolen plot uh, plot point from a cartoon to use that as the origin for for Cobra sounds real stupid, <laughs> but that's that's just me. So I so again very very long answer, but no, I have not read uh, Transformers number one. Uh, I like the idea of a Energon universe. Um, oh, and, and, and another uh, side tangent to that. Uh, speaking of GI Joe, in the um, the uh, G.I. Joe classified series of action figures, you know, the equivalent of Marvel Legends or Star Wars Black Series or, you know, there's six inch scale figures. Um, There's uh, there was there's one character in particular that is uh, he's like mole rat or something like that. But he's he's a a dude in a um, hazmat suit. He's a bad guy. He's a cobra dude. I think he's just like a, a regular trooper dude. But he has a zombie head um, that is infected with dark energon. And it actually says that like in his bio, it's like, oh man, this dude found some dark energon. Now he's all messed up. So I I find that interesting that they're invoking something in the toys um, to connect those two brands together in a way that there is no 
a crossover between um you know Transformers Generations in the toy line and G.I. Joe Classified series. They're they're not even the same scale. They they can't exist together. So it's wild to me that you're seeing some of those tiny hints like Dark Energon uh being a thing that's in G.I. Joe. Um I don't know if that's some a thread that they're gonna pick up um uh, moving forward. Um and you know, I, I I would also while while I while I have the talking stick here and I still have the floor before my my internet uh, uh, poops out again, um, I I have a bit of a um, rant about the state of Hasbro related uh, fiction that I don't think I've talked about in other places yet. Um, I there. Part of me, because I I grew up in the eighties. You know, I'm a, I'm a you know G one from day one, and part of my upbringing with these brands is to have media specifically to sell toys, and whether we like it or not, that that is that that crass consumerism is kind of intrinsically tied to these brands and the thing that's kind of rubbed me the wrong way over the last several years about the fiction is that it's drifted further further away from selling toys like you know i could you know i i I was a huge fan of the more than meets the eye comics and then later lost light i can't buy a goddamn one of those toys even at the time when the uh when the comics were being published like you know none of the character models matched the product that was on the shelf and i i found that to be incredibly irritating um and i i i understand that the production schedule for toys and comic books and other media like you know cartoons or movies or whatever is you know differently but it seemed like they managed to figure that stuff out in 1986 because all i know is that in august of 1986 when that movie came out and all of well not all of but but when a a fair amount of the 1984 characters got wiped out you could not go to the store and buy them they were discontinued you could however buy the brand new 1986 characters you could buy cup and hot rod and ultra magnus and galvatron and cyclonus and scourge and 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 all those other folks and so somewhere along the way they figured that out to make that stuff line up and it felt to me that even like the early marvel comics kind of had that like you know there 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 was a tie-in uh with the media and with the toys and there was a part of me that was hoping that with the relaunch of both gi joe and transformers through skybound that it might get back to something like that um maybe not as much with transformers but let's talk about transformers for a sec because the the cast in that skybound series is basically the 1984 guys you know ooh, it's you know i'm and ratchet and cliff jumper and well now you got rc also i mean so she's she's an 86 character but um you know and wheeljack and Soundwave and starscream and you know it's 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 you know even even i'm sick of 1984 you know it's like it's it's funny that people think that like g1 ended after the after the movie or something um but like you know i mean let's you know let, let's get into like the weirdos from like the late 80s or something like that or let's you know get into the japanese characters the european characters or you know i mean there there's so many characters that aren't the 1984 cast um but I, you can't go to the store and buy figures of those characters in that iteration because they, they have their, their very, uh, G1 1984 character models and to put out media that isn't tied in with the, uh, toy line is kind of weird. What's even more puzzling 
and frustrating to me is like I mentioned the G.I. Joe classified series line of figures. This thing has been massively successful for Hasbro. Like there there's uh there's times that you know you there's not enough product to go around. Then then it shows up at Ross later, but that's that that'll be a different topic for a different time if we if we get to that. Um but like you know classified series sells like hotcakes and there and there is no media to support it there's a, there there there's no there's no cartoon there's no movie there's no comics and yet classified series is now one of hasbro's most uh most successful brands um and it's just it, it's puzzling to me i don't entirely understand the strategy. And again, I, I know these things take a couple years to kind of develop and get into the pipeline, but um, I don't know. I, I guess they're, they're, the 80s kid in me misses when the, the media and the toys were more linked together as opposed to being completely separate things. Okay. Um, so real quick, I will interject just to say that we have passed the 11 hour mark. Uh, which means we've got a little bit under 14 hours to go. Um, Joe, uh, about five minutes ago, said this guy's great, so knowledgeable. Um, He wants to know if you're familiar with Bionicles. I don't know. I I mean, I I don't think I've ever heard you talk about Bionicles. um, Yeah, I... I'm 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 not a huge Lego guy, and uh, Bionicle is so Bionicle is is a a generational blind spot for me. I um I I I'm a little too old for it. Like it just I I I mean I have friends that are younger that are like super into it, and I'm in a um a Discord for uh Autopod Decepticast uh, another. Uh, awesome transformers podcast and half of those folks are are bonkers for bionicle and are are really trying to like you know uh do the hard sell on the deep lore and say well hey man you know uh, transformers fans there there, there's a lot in bionicle fandom that that folks would like and i just i i just haven't messed with it um so i've I, i i hear good things and I know that the the folks that like it like it quite a lot, but there just hasn't really been an entry point or an on ramp for me to be like, you know, I'm gonna go check this out. But so yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, no. Gotcha. Yeah. No, I was like smack in the middle. I think I had some Bionicles growing up, but I didn't know much uh-huh. about the like the world around it. Um, what I was mm-hmm. saying when I was just blabbering to myself um, was <laughs> the the universe which has the most depth between Transformers and Bionicles, I have seen some overlap between Transformers and Bionicles fans, mostly mm-hmm. from people about my age, it seems. Um, but Bionicles, and I don't know much about how their universe works, Transformers has a bunch of different universes um, and does this cool thing that all franchises should do and that it just reboots every few years. Um, and I was saying, I think just everyone should do that. I think Star Wars should do that. I think MCU should do that. I think MCU should have just ended yeah. in Infinity War. Um, because now, and Transformers does still have people, you know, digging their feet in and saying, you know, we need X and X from 30 years ago. Um, but right. we have much less than we would have if we had been dedicating ourselves to one singular universe for the past 30 years. Um, but I think restarting the franchise every few years means that we have multiple universes and they all have their own different amounts of depth. So I don't know what Bionicles Absolutely. is doing. I don't know what's going on over there. I hope they're having fun. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I, I wish them all the best. And, and it's interesting. And we, we've, we've talked about this a lot on the shows we've done together world in that, you know, I I think transformers fans, I think the only group of fandom that is more conditioned for reboots and, and new cycles than uh, transformers fans are power Rangers Cause they, it's literally like a new cycle, like every year. Um, And, and I think every legacy franchise needs a little bit of that. And I, I I, th- I think it's a great idea, and it allows fans to have specific favorites. Mm-hmm. 
like uh, you know, I, I recently returned from TFCon in Orlando, and um, one of the uh, one of the most adorable uh, as I picked up was a, a sticker set from a from a fan artist named uh, Plushy, and they um, they did a a sticker page of uh, Soundwave, and again, Soundwave is my favorite Transformers character, but there are a dozen different iterations of the same character on there. Uh, they they even found a they even found a way to incorporate that that dumb satellite version from the from the live action movies that nobody likes. But but I I, I told them at the convention I was like, well, he's a Soundwave, so he uh, he he gets in. Um, so it, it's it's okay to have. And I feel like our friends in Star Wars fandom are kind of kind of missing out on that. And I think our friends in MCU fandom are kind of missing out on that. Like, wouldn't it be cool to have like, well, I don't know, a, a few different iterations of Wolverine or, you know, or, or whoever, you know, pick whatever legacy character. Because, yeah, I, I, I'm glad also that Hugh Jackman is coming back for Deadpool 3. It's going to be fine because, you know, I, I the bromance is real. That That's that's fine. I, I, I'll allow it. But I I... I think specifically with the MCU, they they told such a complete story with such a definitive ending. It's just been nothing but diminishing returns ever since. And I think it just just need to rest. <laughs> just let it rest. Much, much like Tony, you know, just just let him rest. <laughs> right. But uh but anyway, yeah, no, I just think uh I I, I think reboots and new cycles uh, for fandom is uh, is very very good. Yeah. Um, Joe asked, "What part of Transformers lore just gets you geeked?" Uh, and I've been thinking about this for a couple minutes, so I'll, I'm going to jump in and answer before I forget it all immediately. It's um, absolutely because you know, once <laughs> I start going, it, it'll be like, "Oh, it's my turn now." What uh, what what was I going to say? Hey, the floor is yours. All right. Um. So my my answer on this, I think, is going to be the different ways that the biological robot. I guess is portrayed. Um, I really like robots mm. in media. I like all the different, uh, you know, interpretations of sentient robots and, you know, futuristic robots and all, all these different uh -huh. ways robots are portrayed in media um, from anything from like, you know, Metropolis to Transformers. Um, mm. But the, like, I, I guess the biology side um, of things like, uh, you know, like optics instead of eyes, uh, things like sparks and Transformers, I think are super cool. Um, and just the different ways that this, you know, like culture forms from these robots that are also, you know, more or less biological sentient beings. Um, and the different ways that that impacts the story and comes into play. Uh, and a lot of the times in Transformers, it is uh, specifically so that they can <laughs> they can do more violence than they than they could if it was humans. Um, because right. you, you see robots, you know, getting their spines ripped out and just torn in half and things like that. And you can do that with a person on a, on a movie and not have an R rating, you know? Um, but yeah, all the different ways that robots are portrayed as these, you know, living, not necessarily breathing beings. Um, and I just, I think that's neat. Bell just redeemed the points thing for me to put on cat ears. So I'll go do that while Mike does the thing. Mike, what, did, nice. what, Very what, good. what I part love of it. Transformers lore gets you geeked, Mike? Well, I uh, I I had a different interpretation of the question, though I I I like I like where you're going, and um, I I I also will echo that and say that I really enjoy the way that uh, uh, Transformers are shown to be living life forms. They aren't just machines. I mean, yes, they are they are robots. But but they're you know they can think and feel and th there is a certain level of biological nature uh, to them. Just uh, just ask your favorite fan artists um, about all that same search as you've read. Uh, but no, um, it, it it does underscore though one of my. Uh, problems that I do have with the depiction of violence, though, uh, specifically in the in the live action movies. I've said this in a in a couple other spots, but it's like the yes, they're robots, but they're um, they're they're either people or they aren't. 
and you can't necessarily depict people getting their spines ripped out. So that that that's just a dumb hang up on uh on my side, but um so my interpretation of like what part of Transformers lore gets you geeked um uh, you know, folks that might be meeting me for the the first time here on uh, the Whirly Bird Extra Life uh, live stream, I uh, I kind of like the Transformers the movie from 1986. Um, that is that is my. Um, not only is it my favorite piece of Transformers media, but it is my favorite movie. And it's, it's interesting to me because I, um, I went through a large period of time before I interacted with the larger Transformers fandom. And I spent a lot of years thinking I was the only person who liked that movie. And that that is a true ass story. And then I connect with Transformers fandom and start connecting with fans that are not just my age and of similar backgrounds and experiences, but folks that are older than me, but more importantly, folks that are younger than me that have just as much affection for that movie that I have. And quite frankly, that 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 kind of that weirded me out at first. I was like wait a sec, th this was my thing. I thought I was the only weirdo on this planet who actually liked that movie. And um, I, I remember one of my buddies uh, said like, yeah, y everybody does. Y you're not special. I'm like, oh no, I'm not special. That's um, my thing. <laughs> exactly. And, and really, I had... I, I had crafted a bit of my early Twitter identity around that. Like, you know, I messed around with like, you know, movie podcast, Twitter and film Twitter and stuff like that. It's like, you know, like uh, whenever Orson Welles's birthday would come up, it would say like, what's your favorite Orson Welles role? I'd be like the Transformers, the movie, <laughs> you know, that, that, that kind of thing. And, um, and, and that was at a time where I was not necessarily participating in the larger transformers fandom as as, as we kind of know it today but um but yeah that that was kind of my thing so uh not necessarily in the spirit of the question what part of transformers lore gets you geeked but that is certainly a bit that is a large part of the transformers lore that that certainly gets me geeked like you know that that movie is 37 years old and i have Oh gosh, almost a dozen different copies of it on on a variety of different media. Um I I have a uh at least three different VHS tapes, just as many DVDs, I got a Blu-ray, I got a 4K. Um I don't have it on Betamax or Laserdisc. So if anybody is has a extinct media and knows of a hookup, um uh I I don't I don't know if uh, our buddy Ryan King even has it on uh, on Betamax. I'd have to ask him. He'd be the but, guy. Um, he'd be the guy. He would be the guy. I think he does have it on Laserdisc. But, um, but I don't know if he has it on Beta. I'll have to ask him the next time. Um, I, I have a Ryan King story, by the way. That, <laughs> go um, that um, for people who yeah, are of course. Not local seattle area transformers collectors uh, which is a, of which none of these people are right which is a, a, a <laughs> you know, all things considered a fairly niche group um ryan king is a local guy who collects uh, uh, you know transformers like the rest of us but he also collects kind of the weirder branded licensed kind of things um so he's mm -hmm. he's this guy that has you know all these and and it's gonna sound geeky it's he, he has these super cool like old like party napkins and like sleeping bags and like tents and things that were all you know transformers branded um, but he's also got things like movie scripts and um shoot what was the uh, he had he had those big books that weren't the movie scripts what did he have at sidefest that was that you made storyboards of? storyboards yes yeah shoot yeah he's got tons of storyboards but he's uh, dude could open a museum of like cool transformers history stuff um, so things like, you know, oh, I, I want to buy the Transformers, the movie on Laserdisc. It'll be like, Ryan King, do you have that? And he'd be like, yes, and it's not for sale. So. <laughs> exactly. Um, but exactly. At, at the Transformers convention that Mike and I both are in the organization team for, um, he ran a panel uh, in 2022 
of uh i think it was called transformers oddities is what it was called um and yes. it was just all these weird transformers things that he owned and it was all super cool um i'm gonna i'm actually i'm gonna i'm gonna do a tangent real quick and then mike mike can do also a tangent um oh terrific i love all this <laughs> scoot over here and grab this one of my favorite transformers things that i own is very very goofy let's see if i can find it here is this it yes okay i have the transformers more than meets the eye the Invisibility Factor by Joseph Sherman. You must help the Autobots stop the Decepticons from destroying the world. It is a choose-your-own-adventure book. Um, I don't know how old it is. It's from 1986. Okay. So it's a choose-your-own-adventure book. It's from 86, yeah. yeah. Um, it's got this kid's name in it. It's been scribbled through. I have another one somewhere <laughs> as well. Um, but these books are hilarious. Um if you choose wrong, they have the most like horrific graphic endings of like your favorite Transformers getting brutally murdered. Um, mm -hmm. And so the, these are probably the oldest things in my collection, but they are also the funniest. And I, I do one day I will do a side best panel where we, we do a, a group read through and, and decision making on a few of these books because they are hilarious. And I think I got these. Oh, from, my gosh. I think I got these from Monica a while back, but they're nice. super fun. So, all right. I don't know what we were talking about, but it's Mike's turn. I, I think we're still talking about Ryan King. I, I had, I uh, well, no, I, I said I had a Ryan King story. Yes. yes. So as, as we've already well established, we've set the scene that our mutual friend Ryan King is uh, part of the, you know, Pacific Northwest Seattle area Transformers uh, uh, fan group. He frequently tables at Sidefest Northwest. Um I, uh, I went to TFCon in Orlando and it's funny because I, I, because Ryan and I live very close together. We very often end up on the same flight <laughs> and it's like, so it's like, Oh, Hey, I didn't know you were going. I didn't know you were going that kind of thing as if, uh, you know, um, uh, communication is not, uh, older men's first best strength. So it'd be like, hey, maybe just like drop somebody a line. Didn't really think about it. Um, but anyway, so he goes to TFCon to uh, to table to sell stuff. Um, oh. A lot of the same stuff that he he sells at Sidefest. I think I saw the and, post you're about to about the yeah 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 <laughs> so what i'm going to try to do if i can i'm going to i'm going to risk losing some of my bandwidth so i could i could do a visual <laughs> daily double of some of the things that i bought from ryan uh am i coming through on camera okay uh, yeah let me move my camera because i scooted mine over all right there we go. Yeah, yeah, because we didn't think I was going to be able to make it. But, but first, so so since we're doing a little bit of show and tell, um, since you had already mentioned it, Whirl, I have to show off the uh, the napkins, yes. the the party napkins. Um, this is like maybe my third pack of party napkins uh, that that Ryan has given me. I don't know how many of these ha he has, but every time I see him, he uh, he just tosses me a pack here you go and i'm like thanks thanks buddy um but speaking of I extinct media i picked up oh, on vhs cassette oh poor mike's bandwidth but he's got the return of optimus prime on vhs and that's what matters right <laughs> oh something's happening okay so i turned the camera off and now I'm going to try to turn it back on so I can very quickly show the, uh, the, the, the main thing I got, and we'll see if that works. Can you see me? Yes. Hello. Very good. I got, I got, myself, I got myself a Ladybird books, the Transformers. You got the Ladybird's books. It's the movie storybook with the audio cassette to go. Yeah. Yeah, there we I'm, go. Now I'm going to turn my camera off okay. before... Uh, <laughs> Before any more of my bandwidth, we'll shuffle over here again. <laughs> we'll do a yeah, little yeah. dance. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I love uh, the the napkins you get every time because I watching everyone at TFCon Orlando has has given me the itch again to go to a TFCon. 
Um, but oh my god, yeah. Mike, I, I Facebook post came across my feed as several were that weekend from TFCon Orlando, and one of them was Mike posting a picture of these things he had just gotten with the caption, "I flew all the way to Orlando to buy things from Ryan King." Um, and, <laughs> and I greatly enjoyed that because we do, you know, it's a small world. Uh, we all run in the same circles for the most part. Um, but you know, you see the same people in the same places because we all go and we do these things. Um, or well, not all. We don't all go because I don't go. But people who have the money at the time will go <laughs> and do these things. Um, so you do see exactly. people that you 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 know you recognize from your circle in the bigger circle. Um, which is uh. Before Mike was on the Sidefest organization team, uh, I was at a Sidefest and we ran into each other. And Mike was like, "Hey, how are you doing?" I was like, "Hey, I'm good." And then I left, and I didn't see Mike for the rest of the weekend because we were both in a huge hurry. Um, and yep. I think I think we talked about it. I don't remember which podcast we were talking on, but it was uh, it was one of yours. I think it was probably your 400th anniversary one, where we said that probably um, we were both at Emerald City on Friday. And then we both flew to TFCon overnight, and we're both like going through it, <laughs> having a little bit of a, a, a strained weekend uh, with eighty billion things to do. But it was a very good weekend. Yeah, I know. You know, I know because I I had a, a story saved up for that, and I didn't get to. You were talking about the uh, the various amounts of drinking you were doing and how you were coping with the uh, the stress of that weekend. And it had reminded me yeah. that we had, so we, we had packed, uh, you know, several people in a hotel room. Um, and it was myself, my friends, Syke and Chanel, uh, Monica and Joelle. And then I think a couple of Monica's friends that she had brought along as well. And we weren't all staying in that hotel room, but we all ended up in that hotel room that night because we decided to do a Transformers Prime drinking game. Um, which, which was very fun, and but it did not last very long, solely because we all got very goofy very quickly and stopped watching Transformers to just like mess around. Um, but it was it was all it was all things like Ratchet says I needed that you take a shot, um, just just various fun little things like that. It was like Starscream mentions killing Cliffjumper, take a shot. Um, but we we had a lot of fun. It was it was it was very enjoyable. Um, but I I don't know how much like how drunk we actually got because i think we all just got like buzzed and stupid and stopped watching transformers and drinking and just like chatting i remember i opened a i had brought my laptop and i opened up a minecraft land world for the hotel wi-fi and like just posted about it on twitter <laughs> i was like hey if you're at tfcon join my minecraft server <laughs> it was all just things like that it was a fun it was a very fun goofy weekend i did not get a lot of sleep that weekend um because we we went and did some touristy stuff too um Actually, no, that might be... No, 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 that was the same weekend. Um, we went down to, like, a, a shopping strip uh, in... I don't remember where. But there was a shopping strip, and I decided I was going to do a Ravage cosplay. And so I had these ears, and I had, like, a black crop top and, like, black short skirt and, like, fishnets and, like, a giant uh -huh. Decepticon chain. It, it was very goofy. It was hilarious. Like I took a bunch of pool pictures. It was it was great fun. But we had a, we had a we had a very goofy weekend that weekend. And it was there was <laughs> so much happening all the time because we tried to fit so much into that one weekend. Uh, to the point where like I just don't remember a ton of it. I remember we went to like the after TFCon ended. We like I think there was a Denny's across the street or something similar, some kind yeah. of diner kind of like that. And there ended up being like twenty of us at just this long, like super long table. Mike, were you there for that? No. No, there was. It was no. There... I. Yeah, no, because I I flew home Sunday, uh, late afternoon. Ah, uh, I see. Yeah. So no. it it was basically like like right after the convention ended. In fact, that that was that was the convention that made me decide. Oh, wait a sec. I need to fly out Monday morning because yeah. <laughs> because there there's there's more hang to had. Right. No, we uh we all piled into this Denny's. Uh, we were we had to have been the worst customers in the world because there we were you know pushing tables together and causing problems. And then we all like while we were waiting for our food, they had like a claw machine in the lobby, and we all went and like took turns on that until the food came out. It was obnoxious. Um, we had a, we had great fun, um, <laughs> oh, but it was it was it was definitely 
No, it, it was... <laughs> There's definitely an, an, an experience uh, difference in going to TFCon in your mid-twenties. <laughs> but it was it was a lot of fun, and it, I have got the hankering to go to a TFCon again and see how much actual energy I have now. So... <laughs> Yeah, well, well, now you you have a couple chances coming up. Um, yeah. it, it's coming back to LA next year in March, and I I'm strongly considering it. Yeah. Um, and and it's there is a part of me that thinks that with it being the 40th anniversary, that they're they're going to roll somebody cool out like i don't i don't know if you're gonna get like uh like a frank welker uh peter cullen double bill but if if there was ever a time to do it it would probably be this one right i don't know yeah no that'd be you know big expectations but that'd be very cool um i don't yeah. know like i just need to find a good time to dedicate the money to doing it because right after you bought a house is not a good time to do anything so no <laughs> Um, but I honestly, I'll probably have to give it a couple years before I can do, um, I don't want to, I don't think that falls under the category of major travel, but you know, a couple thousand dollars worth of travel, I'd say just from all the stuff I end up buying in those weekends. Um, yeah, yeah. Between hotel and flight. Mm-hmm. Um, cause yeah, it's like, you know, I, I, I think for me to go to Orlando was, you know, before I even bought a certain, uh, like bought a single thing, I think I'm like two grand out the door between like, right. you know, flights, flights and accommodations. And, th- and that's just to get there. That that's, that's not, that's not food. That's not drinks. That's not, uh, uh, knickknacks um so yeah it's it, it is it is a very very expensive weekend unfortunately yeah, absolutely hello kai how are you i hope you are doing well and i hope your stream is going well um i'm hanging out with mike who is here to help keep me awake um and also we just enjoy chatting and hanging out so we're doing that yeah. with transformers um um, among other things, I don't think we're necessarily exclusively limited to Transformers. It's just what we end up talking about 90% of the time. Um, but yeah, someone asked about Bionicles earlier, so I guess we technically... <laughs> well, I, I was going to say that that was kind of steered by the questions more than anything. Yeah, no, Mike came up and people started talking Transformers. That's just what happens. Bell says, uh-oh, that nap <laughs> that has annihilated pretty- me. Uh-oh. Bell, you're, you're welcome to go and take more nap if you'd like to. Go 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 do more nap. Joe says I love steering. That's awesome, Joe. Uh, <laughs> me too. It helps me drive straight. Bell, I will remind you that proper nap cycles are either twenty minutes or an hour and a half. So if you wake up at a time that is not that, you will be sleepier. I promise to be here on my honor. You can take a twenty. Oh, with the O U. Bell Bell is <laughs> Bell is in the EU, so it is even worse of a time for Bell right now. Holy smokes! Yeah, yeah. it is. A so so six thirty. It's already well into tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So she was up for about twenty hours straight, and then took a, took a brief nap, and has now decided to be here even longer. <laughs> um. So we, we might have it. we ha- might have a repeat of last year with Bell asleep in a cereal bowl. Uh, while I <laughs> <like> peggle. <laughs> right. Water bottle. Lol. We're going to get Bell on stream and ask her to say words with T's in them. Um. And actually, you know what? I think I'm going to cut it right here for now uh, because in the next segment of the show, kind of the next movement of the Whirly Birds uh, live stream, uh, charity live stream for Extra Life, um, it's kind of in this next section coming up where I'm going to bring out the fan favorite pod decks and we do several rounds of hilarious uh, questions and answer sessions. Um, and as you already heard, uh, there there were some names being dropped there in that last little bit. Uh, but Bell, Beardy, and Kai uh, will also join Whirl and myself to tackle questions from the pod decks interview deck the pod decks episode deck, the would you rather deck, and of course, everyone's favorite, the what the heck deck. 
Uh, look for that episode in the near future. But that will do it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening and for hanging out with me. And if you want to listen to my podcast, Mike Zybert Radio, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, Google Podcasts for now, uh, Spotify, TuneIn, or wherever the hell else you listen to your podcast. Like, share, rate, and review the show. Let us know what you like and what you'd like to hear more of in the future. And please do not forget that you can still donate to Extra Life until the end of this year. The link is in the show notes. And thanks to Whirl for their permission to present this audio uh, to you here now. Uh, my name is Mike. This has been Mike Cybert Radio. And until next time, tell all or one, make a choices. Cyber Radio is recorded in Seattle, Washington. Our original theme song is written and performed by Lucia Fasano. Get her music on all streaming platforms like Spotify and Apple Music and check out her Instagram at Lucia underscore Fasano. Our closing theme is a nice place to visit by these young fools used with permission from Michael Geisler. Check out Michael's website, bytormusic.com. Special thanks to Andy Lita for our logos and graphic design. He is at Go, go, Andy Robo out on Twitter. Become a Mike Cybertronian and join the MSRP Friends and Fans Facebook group. And you can follow me on all the social medias at Mike Cybert Radio on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And check out my YouTube channel for even more videos and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Want to be a guest on the show? Send me an email, MikeCybertRadio at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs>